Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. We've got quite the culinary savant today as a guest, Fred Castellucci. After graduating from Cornell, Fred took over the family business and changed the direction of Castellucci Hospitality Group from a single restaurant to a multi-concept group. At just 35 years old, he's been named one of Atlanta's most influential people by Atlanta Magazine, listed in Atlanta Business Chronicles 40 Under 40, and was a recipient of the Grace Awards Restaurateur of the Year. Fred is also a self-taught culinary expert. He's been working in kitchens since he was 13 and leads many development for each of the concepts. I am actually getting hungry and welcome <laughs> to the show, Fred. Thanks, man. Thanks for that intro. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here, Fred. Fred, as a visionary, what is the story that you'd like to bring to the world? You know, I think when I think about our kind of like company and how it's grown and, and from, uh, you know, a small restaurant on the backside of a shopping center in a uh, suburb of Atlanta uh, to what we've, you know, have today, uh, it really comes down to about, uh, comes down to building relationships. And so we really focus on that, that micro, um, because I think that leads, uh, to everything that we've done beyond that. So we really focus on the, the individual guest relationship that we're developing in the seat every single day, those fleeting moments of joy that we can bring to people. And we, and we take that same approach to our, our staff as well. And so it's really just about developing relationships and, and building uh, a great business and a great life from that thesis, essentially. That's awesome. I'll be totally honest. You know, I'm not a foodie. I, I look at food as fuel. You know, my better half is she's very different. But, you know, in those moments where I do sit back and kind of enjoy the moment, it makes a huge difference. I mean, it seems like there's been a, a huge shift the last maybe five, ten years towards kind of the restaurant experience, the food experience. I mean, uh, what, what kind of triggered that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, ultimately we want to be kind of like this stage setting kind of apparatus for people, whether you love food or not. Um, it's really about giving you an opportunity to, you know, connect with the person that you're dining with. And, you know, food is an emotional thing. And um, whether you recognize it or not as like a self-professed foodie or not, um, there's still something intimate about that experience. Um, and so we're just trying to be the conduit for those experiences for people. And really that's ultimately our goal. And however you want to like, interact with our business is, is how we want to kind of deliver it to you. I, I, sorry, I gotta, I gotta just write that for a second because it's interesting because I lived in China for a year and in China food is like an experience and it's something to be treasured and similar in other Asian cultures that, you know, again, I had a tough time relating to, <laughs> you know, but it's also, I think the way maybe I, I also grew up and stuff like that, right. That I think at least in the U S until recently, we didn't really think of food in that type of terms, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for you guys bringing that to the, to the table, you know, and I'm kind of curious as to, we've made such great strides in a short time, we're, we're going we're gonna to be in just a couple more years, especially with COVID going on, in terms like of a restaurant sort of food experience. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, uh, one thing, 
since the very beginning of kind of the crisis and pandemic, we have acted swiftly and quickly to adapt every step of the way. Um, and I think that that's something that every company has to do to survive. And we've just, you know, taken that kind of macro idea and supercharged it in the last few months, let's say, where, you know, companies are literally, you know, surviving or dying based on their ability to quickly adapt. Uh, something that normally would take place over, let's say, years is now happening in days or months. Uh, and so you just have to have that attitude that, um, you know, you can't get stuck to the, the way, the previous way of doing business. And you have to constantly be thinking creatively and adapt to the changing surroundings. And um, you have to be nimble. Um, and I think we've seen that in, in every business as well as uh, government and, you know, um, on an individual level is people's ability to adapt, you know, is what uh, is, allows them to succeed in, in challenging times like we have now. Yeah, I have a question along the same lines. You talked about giving customers the intimate experience. Is that, well, let me back up. You know, we hear a lot about these uh, takeout apps, delivery, <clears throat> especially a way to deal with in California, a lot of the, the shutdowns with restaurants. Is it possible to still have that intimate experience in spite of all of the fears that people have about being in public? And how are you doing that? Yeah, I mean, we feel pretty strongly that we can bring a little bit of that, you know, intimacy or personal touch to the takeout experience that you have in the dining experience. And so, you know, those that feel comfortable with the risk of dining out, we obviously have some pretty intense kind of uh, policies and uh, plans in place when you do dine out that we're keeping you safe. And, you know, we haven't had a single instance of a guest getting COVID in the restaurant um, since we've started, you know, opening the dining rooms and we've had extremely limited cases of employees who've contracted it. And so the safety measures that we've taken in place um, with the social distancing, the wearing of masks, um, extremely effective. The, you know, not to get off on a tangent about masks, but the scientific evidence is just absolutely overwhelming at this point. The efficacy of masks, even a basic surgical mask is, is highly protective when both sides are wearing it. So we're seeing that play out in the restaurants. But for those that don't feel comfortable, you know, with the dine-in experience, it, that takeout experience is something that we've really tried to engineer um, around hospitality. And so just the way that we package the bags, the packaging materials, we write a personal note in the, in the, in the bag. Um, we have like little um, inf informative sheets, depending on what type of dish you order that gives you a little information about what you're eating. If it's a meat and cheese board or sushi or what have you. And so uh, we've done little touches like that to try to create a little bit more of an interesting experience. You know, one thing that we were doing, we had to stop doing it, um, but was a funny little touch was we did a, little, a whiskey challenge. And so we'd surprise people with two shots of whiskey in their takeout bag uh, and then ask them to post their, um, you know, the cocktail or what they did with the whiskey at home. And you know, it was a fun little thing until we gave it to a, a recovering alcoholic. And then uh, wasn't, it wasn't so funny after that. But, you know, it's like being creative and doing things that, you know, you might not normally do under normal circumstances, but just want to uh, do something and try it, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you move on and try something else. Sure. It's very, very entrepreneurial. That's, that's probably the right way to exper experiment, see what works and pivot. But I, I know that you're, while you're also enhancing the restaurant experience and the food experience, you're also helping with racial justice, right? You guys are actually doing a campaign with uh, Color of Change. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're raising money for color of change. So uh, anytime that you uh, make a donation uh, through color of change, we'll give you a CHG gift card uh, for that value. And so we've raised $20,000 to date. Uh, We think it's an important issue, uh, not just nationally, but here in Atlanta. Um, You know, Atlanta is the birthplace of the civil rights movement. And we feel as though being a part of the Atlanta community, um, you absolutely have to take this issue seriously. And, and we have to be a leading voice uh, in Atlanta for that. And so uh, it's something that we believe is important. Yeah, awesome. that, that's fantastic. So um, if you could talk a little bit more about what do you think it is? This, you, you grew this restaurant chain. Uh, you've been listed, uh, got all these accolades. What do you think it is about your approach that's so inspiring and, and so different? Oh, that's a good question. I, <laughs> I don't know. I do think that that focus on the on the relationships back to the the very beginning is part of that, and really uh, building a business with the the long term in mind and not the short term. And so, um, investing in relationships is something that takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, and you know, it's it, if you're trying to make a quick buck, it's very transparent. And so, um, I think that, and and that kind of speaks also to an authenticity. So, having authenticity with with your people being your authentic self all the time um, with your guests and, and as well as your staff, I think is, is important and just being, you know, completely honest. And I think that's one of the ways we've led through this challenge is we've been an open book with our staff. We're like, this, these are the challenges we're facing. This is what's going on. We've been an open book with our customers about the things that we're doing and how we're going to be uh, getting ahead of this, you know, challenge. And I think it's, it's, it's served us well um, with our guests and, w- and with our staff for sure. I, I'm kind of curious about that because relationships are powerful. I think we all say that, but at least in North American and some European culture, we don't really invest the time to develop relationships, right? We, I got my goals and I got to do my work and get stuff done. Whereas, you know, other cultures like in South America and Asia, they won't even do business unless they feel like they can trust you. You have that relationship. Given that this is kind of, I'll call it like anti-North American, <laughs> how did you get down this path? You know, how did you, how did you say, you know what, it's worth that investment? Yeah, you know, I, um, I saw my, my, my parents growing up um, and, I, and I watched kind of how they conducted themselves and, you know, making, you know, family dinner on Sundays a really important thing and breaking bread and, uh, and also just the way that they treated people and the way that they, you know, my, my dad had restaurants, uh, growing up and, you know, some were successful, some were not so successful. And, um, but one of the things that I watched him do that was always incredibly successful and, you know, he was able to build great businesses, but never able to scale them, um, was because, you know, it was so much the cult of his personality, uh, in the business and, and the guests came to know him and want to see him and hear him describe the specials that night. And, you know, it's a true mom and pop restaurant growing up, kind of, you know, running around cooking food and running food and doing all that stuff. And, but I did watch the, the way they developed relationships with their customers and, and staff and how people stayed with them for years and, and how the, the consumers, you know, they had their major life events in that restaurant. And that really was something that I always kind of remembered and, I, I, I thought there was a way that we could potentially scale this idea a little bit and do more with it than just a single restaurant. Yeah, we've been talking about the, uh, the importance of relationships. Uh, I want to change gears here a little bit and talk about innovations in a different way. Um, what would you say if you could predict some of the innovations that are coming through 
with the restaurant business and also innovations when it comes to food. Things, uh, menu offerings and items that people might not, might not even be aware of. What, what is the, some of the future, what's the future look like in that realm, let me put it that way? Yeah, certainly. I think that, uh, you know, the rise of off-premise dining has obviously been huge with COVID. I think that's going to certainly uh, change the landscape. I do believe that there will be, uh, you know, an, an equilibrium that we have eventually reached there where off-premise is, is a portion of the sales like it was pre-COVID, um, but that there are more players that are playing in that off-premise game than were before. You know, we're a group of fine dining restaurants and now we're all doing off-premise and we're never going to stop, you know, doing fine dining delivery, uh, things like that. I think that you're going to see um, just more options for the customer on off-premise than were before, which is actually going to hurt the players that were successful with off-premise previously because it's going to dilute the pie. And then on-premise, in my opinion, is going to come back extremely strong. Um, as soon as people feel comfortable eating out again, they're going to want to break bread. They're going to want to see friends. They're going to want to have drinks. It's going to be like the roaring 20s, in my opinion. Uh, and I think that, you know, the way that technology fits into that, I think is going to be incredibly important. Um, and I think that as we've seen over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years in, in technology, specifically as it relates to restaurants, restaurants are typically very slow to adapt new technology. So what a lot of the people have done is taken little tiny pieces of the pie and said, all right, we're going to be the best at reservations. We're going to be the best at private dining. We're going to take this little analytics piece. We're going to take this point of sale piece. And so everybody's very fragmented. I think that the, the next approach is going to be unifying these solutions um, and creating a platform that um, restaurants can use that um, is a reliable cloud-based platform. Um, and currently that doesn't exist. There's no truly reliable cloud-based platform in our business. And so I think there's an opportunity there, um, but it's all, but it's going to, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be not easy. It's probably going to take a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. They they usually do, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised though that after all this time, there actually isn't like a ERP system for restaurants. I mean, all well, the point of sale data, if nothing else, I mean, what's been the barriers? It's just, just too many, too many customers, small customers to fragment. Well, I mean, you have the, you know, you have the oracles of the world and the, you know, with micros and then NCR with Aloha and they're just slow. They're slow to create new products that actually um, can help businesses. And so, um, they're good at, you know, managing their enterprise clients, but they're not good at, you know, feeding the masses solutions. And so I think that that's where I think there's an opportunity. Absolutely. So in terms of if you could give some predictions as to what the next 10 years look like, or even the next two or three years, what are your thoughts about what life is going to look like in terms of Atlanta, even the racial issue about all the great work that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to see change on that front for sure. Um, obviously, you know, sustained effort there is the key um, and not, you know, letting it lag. Um, I think as, as I look to the next couple of years, I do believe that when we kind of bounce out of this, it will be kind of like the roaring 20s again. People are going to be uh, thirsty to go out and have fun. And, you know, there's going to be a rise in everything, you know, as, as it relates to entertainment and risky behavior and what have you. I think that it's, uh, it's going to be on the rise. And um, I think that'll be interesting to watch. And I think from a business perspective, uh, something that to be on the lookout for, for sure. Um, you know, I think 
macro trends um, as it relates to kind of our business. Definitely, you know, that continuing to increase kind of the how technology is interacting with our business is going to continue to, I think, be a trend um, and how that integrates with, you know, on and off premise dining. Uh, I think I see that being long term. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to spin it the other way around because you're doing such innovative pioneering work around restaurants, the food experience. I'm kind of wondering what your trigger point was because, you know, most, most people, I hate to say it, a lot of kids are not interested in cooking. It takes time and energy. And I'm sure a lot of people have learned cooking at home that it takes like an hour to make dinner. Yeah. How in the world did you get into this, especially when you're like, you know, you're really active when you're 13 years old. Yeah. That's not something you normally think of as a teenager. I just, you know, I, in the very beginning, I just, I really just like to work, you know, like there's just some satisfaction you get in putting in a long day. And so mm -hmm. um, I just enjoyed that and I enjoyed the kitchen. I enjoyed the camaraderie of it all. Um, ultimately, I, I recognized that in order to impact the whole business, I needed to kind of get out and get into the dining room and then ultimately kind of manage the whole business. And so I did that, you know, pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, initially I really didn't have a choice, you know, like my dad's business was struggling and like he didn't have the money to pay employees. So we were the employees, it's like the classic mom and pop restaurant, you know, like you have to go because there's no other option. Like it's put food on your table, on the table for the family or not, you know? So is pretty uh, pretty much a no-brainer. Well, I know the, you just had a, you just had a, a new baby. Do you think that uh, uh, is it a boy or a girl? Girl, second girl. You, you, oh, delicious. Okay. Do you think that they're going to begin to one day enter the family business? We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> it's sticky. It definitely is sticky. But I'm going to do my best to see if they have other interests. <laughs> Well, Fred, I think at a young age, you learn something very powerful, right? A lot of people kind of focus on what they know. And if you're thinking about food, you think the kitchen, the chef, but you I actually said like, you know, I had to get in the dining room, right? You kind of have to get the whole experience. And Michael and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about driving and self-driving cars and that there's been so much focus on the driver experience and now that people may not be driving they're trying to realize, wait, there's other people in the car. So they're talking a lot about the passenger experience, right? Do you think that kind of, you know, I have to kind of know the 360 view or the end to end, you know, how important is that to be successful whenever you do? Yeah, I think it's incredibly successful. I mean, you have to take a customer centric approach. That's not anything new. Amazon's built their entire business on that. It's, you know, one of the most valuable companies in the world. Um, and so, I think that that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And I think, you know, um, what we've realized, you know, over the years is I think you can create a, a, a very good business on um, being incredibly customer centric and um, especially in food and beverage, but you can't create the best without the best culinary talent. Um, and so, you know, you can be good to great, um, on great customer service, but you can't be the best without the best culinary. And so, you know, that's kind of where we've started to trend is, um, is, is now that we really focus on growing the company in the very beginning on the, the customer centric approach. And now we're kind of transitioning to give more balance to the culinary side 
which I think is extremely important. And that's the way I think we're going to continue to differentiate ourselves long term. Um, it's, it's really the only way. Um, but I think maintaining that customer centric approach is incredibly important in our business because you can't ever lose you know, track of that. And I think a lot of times chef owned restaurants, you know, where the, the, the owner and the chef is in the back, they're not talking to the customers. They're not seeing the customers. They're making decisions based on what they're seeing. And then they're telling those decisions to people that then have to go tell the customer something that is probably not what the customer wants to hear. And so it creates a really dissonant experience. And so I really do believe that there in every restaurant, there should be, you know, a stakeholder um, in the front that is really driving um, the, the customer centric approach with, in combination with the chef. So when you're, you're talking about finding the best possible people, what is your approach about that? I mean, do you have a sort of, I don't know, internal test? Uh, do you train uh, to make them that good? What, what is your approach to make sure that you do have the best talent um, in the kitchen? Well, I think first and foremost, it's about um, building a reputation as a company that people want to work for you, you know? And so uh, that t- that's like building relationships. It takes a long time and it's hard work. Um, but you want to have a place where people are attracted to working for you. Um, and then it's, it's truly about like going out and finding that talent yourself and building relationships with other chefs and restaurateurs and people in the industry and getting to know who's good and who's not good. And, um, you know, who's, who's up and coming and, Um, It really is kind of like a sports analogy. You're trying to feel the team and you're trying to go out and draft the best talent. And um, that takes a lot of scouting and a lot of, you know, effort. And it's not something you just post an ad and, you know, you get one of the best chefs. Like it doesn't work that way. So um, everyone who's ever tried uh, to do that, it does, it does not work. Right. So it's about relationships you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) What, I know we always talk about the the chefs and you know all that, but what about the other side? What about like the servers and the, like the bartenders and stuff like that? I mean, don't you need the best? I mean, if you're really creating an experience, don't you need like soup to nuts quality service? Yeah, I mean, I think that it oftentimes is overlooked because the product that people think they're consuming is just the food, uh, when reality you're consuming not only the the food, but the design of the restaurant, as well as the service and the interaction between every single staff member throughout the entire time that you're in the building. And so, um, or even at your home, how many interaction points we have when we um, do a, you know, a, day, a takeout or delivery order. And so we, we do believe that like, we have to have the best at every level. And when it comes to the service staff, that's really about emotional intelligence. Like, we need people who are highly intuitive from an emotional perspective at the table, picking up on cues, picking up on guest needs, knowing when they can, you know, make a funny comment or knowing when they can't. And, you know, having that tact at the table is something that is very challenging to do. And I think the best servers are ones that have that talent. Um, and, you know, they also make the most money. Yeah. As a, as a former server who's had a lot of different uh, jobs, in, in the restaurant industry, I know exactly what you're talking about. There, it's this balance uh, and intuition where you know where okay, I can make a joke here, and that will endear me to my my table. But sometimes it can go badly. That's right. Uh, it's that's really important to have that discernment. Well, oh, what, go ahead now. I was going to say, well, 
I, I'm wondering, because I know you're primarily based in Atlanta, any thoughts to expand out or do we all need to rush into Atlanta to try your great food? Yeah, so we're, we're definitely looking outside of Atlanta. We've kind of uh, recognized a few cities that we think are uh, have great potential um, that we're actively pursuing uh, for new restaurants. So we're in that process right now. We really identified Nashville, Charlotte, Austin as, as three places that we really like that would be, I think, great markets for what we do. Uh, and so we'll see how it goes. But, you know, we'll take it one step at a time. We're we're not venture backed and, you know, it's family owned. And so we just are going to do one thing at a time and, and make sure that it's great and keep doing it. And if we feel like stopping, we'll stop. And so that's kind of the mentality right now. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're focusing on the quality and the experience. Well, that's a perfect segue. So if people want to learn more about you, if they want to find you, how do they do so? Yeah, so our um, our restaurant company website is chgrestaurants.com. So, um, and then my uh, my personal handle is at fredcast3. So, Awesome. Well, Fred, as soon as I'm allowed to travel again, I will definitely check out your restaurants. In fact, I'm going to try and make it a quest to visit each one in Atlanta. That'd be great, man. We'd love to have you. Let me know. Um, oh, I, uh, you know, being based in California, most states have banned me from traveling there. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that will change in the near future here. But well, then maybe I'll get a little passport made so I can get it stamped at every restaurant. <laughs> but this has been fantastic. Thank you for sharing your story, Fred. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.